1: It is Tuesday, February 1st, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm your host, Blair Angulo, joined by the Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Mr. Steve Wiltfong. And we're here to bring you a primer, a preview of the traditional signing day. It's the first Wednesday of February every year. And and Steve, first of all, I got to ask you, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are we doing?
2: Doing well, man. Welcome back from your leave. You are stronger now. You are a little funnier now as a new dad. It just instantly infuses in your body as soon as your first one is born.
1: I've been working on the dad jokes, and uh, I, I have had to do a little bit more heavy lifting around the house. So uh, that all that all checks out. Let's talk some recruiting. Let's talk national signing day. And before we get to some specific names, I did want to get your thoughts on the structure uh, of it all. Th- this used to be the biggest day in recruiting, and now it's it's become you know kind of the the afterthought in a way. A lot of the big names come off the board in the early signing period, which is that third Wednesday of December. Now this has become you know kind of a way for, for for schools to put the finishing touches on classes or for those recruits that need the extra time to take the extra visits during the month of January to come off the board. Uh, do, do you feel like the luster has worn off of, of this day in a way like how, how do you see the future in terms of the way they have to structure signing day?
2: No, I think this is an exciting day because you put a bow on your efforts in the 2022 class, the recruiting rankings become final head coaches come out and talk about their classes as a whole. You got the transfer portal element now, and a lot of those guys getting enrolled and getting ready here for this spring semester. So it's an exciting time tomorrow or Wednesday is going to be an exciting day. And there's a lot of news still out there. There's a lot of finality in this class. There's going to be programs making moves. Like I said, a lot of head coaches out there uh, talking about the excitement they have with the group they're bringing in from the high school ranks and through the portal. So I think with the portal even involved now, it, it's added some more juice to National Signing Day that perhaps we lost a little bit of with the early signing period. But I am so glad that we're not covering it all at once from a new side but I am a believer that we never needed to from the beginning. I did like a day for the kids when they knew that this was the finality of it all. All the offers were going to be on the table at this point, and uh, everyone could work from there.
1: Are you a backer of that idea that there needs to be just one signing day? And I know there's been talk that people would want it to be in February and they want to eliminate the early signing period altogether. And I know obviously we've seen the effect and the aftershocks it sends in coaching carousel moves, right? there, There's so much activity now in terms of getting coaches out the door and getting a new coach in in house to to make sure that you lock up a recruiting class. And there's so much movement now that I think has accelerated the process uh, as soon as the those conference championships games are about to take place. Uh, do you feel like we only need one moving forward? Or are you still happy with the way we're, we're setting up right now with two?
2: Well, what I would say is when they put in the early signing period, I thought it was originally put into place for the young man that had already made a decision early, was ready to sign and was ready to be done with the process. Didn't want to be bothered with coaches contacting him anymore. Just wanted to put pen to paper and, and be done. And, and also on the flip side of that, it allows... Programs to not have to babysit their kids anymore, worry about a, a prospect flipping on them. If you're a smaller market team, spending the money to go travel and see committed guys for an extra month uh, because you know you got them in the fold and, and ready to sign. So, with that, I thought that they didn't need to add any more rules to the early signing period. It was under the old format hey, this is put in place for young men that are ready to sign. But then they said, all right, we're putting in the early signing period. We're also going to add earlier official visits. Well, then that wasn't why you put in the early signing period. You put in the early signing period to make the process end earlier. And and so with the uh, with the official visits now being allowed in the spring and in the summer, of course, everybody wanted to get everything wrapped up in December, see where their roster was at going into workouts. Maybe they need to add a prospect or two uh, after the early signing period, or maybe a coveted target or two wasn't going to be ready to sign in the early signing period, but it immediately flipped to early signing period is now national signing day. And we are going to be taking part in the late signing day on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, I do think that the early signing period has maybe had some effects that we didn't really envision when that was in place. And you know we see so many prospects already on campus. The early enrollment has become a thing that's very prevalent. It it used to not be. It used to be a a case where maybe two or three per class were coming in. Now it seems like more than half of the prospects are are signing early and and enrolling early as well. So there's a lot of different things, a lot of moving parts. And and there are some prospects, some high caliber, ones that have yet to come off the board including three of the top 10 in the composite 24/7 sports rankings. Let's start with Harold Perkins, a former commit to AM he's a five-star linebacker from the state of Texas What's the latest on on Harold Perkins and and kind of what you're hearing Steve heading into the traditional signing day Well he and
2: his family had a terrific official visit to LSU over the weekend. The uh, Tigers really impressed the new coaching staff, the organization, the new defensive coordinator, coach house really. Left a major impression as well uh, through a Zoom meeting. Obviously, he was coaching with the Chiefs, but you know, New Orleans native has visited several times. I think that LSU really put their best case forward to land Harold Perkins coming out of the visit. His mom said his mom hadn't made his mind up yet. Harold told his mom uh, he still had some things to think about. I know he talked with Florida on Sunday night, AM and m still in the picture as well. And, and so, you know, even though LSU may have some perceived momentum here, you know, Florida gave them a great official visit two weekends ago, A&M, there's a ton of familiarity with them and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how the dust settles there.
1: We, we do have to touch on AM right now, which is trending for the best recruiting class of all time, or oh, they had it with with Harold Perkins. And now they, 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 it seems like no one's going to be able to catch them in this recruiting cycle. It's, it's funny to say that, right? That, that they lose a five-star, a top 10 player like Harold Perkins, and they're still so out in front of everyone else. And it just kind of speaks to the level of recruiting that they've been able to do in this cycle.
2: No, it's a loaded class. They're still in the running for the number one class overall. Uh, When they lost Perkins, they lost that standing. But they could land Shamar Stewart, five-star defensive lineman from South Florida. Took an official to Miami this weekend, but I still like where the Aggies stand for Shamar. And theoretically, they could still get Perkins back in the fold. And I think they're in the middle of it for safety. Jacoby Matthews. Jacoby Matthews took an official visit to LSU this weekend. But I, mean, I know he's talking to all his finalists, Florida, AM, and uh, m more leading into his decision on Wednesday. And I think that one could go a couple different ways still. And I think a ms in the middle of that one as well. And they still have a few spots in 2022 for the special class. So A&M will be a fun one to watch on Wednesday.
1: You touched on, on Shamar Stewart. I know our colleague Andrew Ivins has been all over that one. Uh, he's another five-star prospect that has yet to come off the board, another top 10 player. And, uh, you know, I I think a guy that has been able to do his due diligence, not only dragging things out until February, but he was one of the more active players during the season and and during the off season last year in the summer, uh, really checking out some schools. What's the latest there? Who are some of the big names that that are after Shamar Stewart?
2: Well, when you look at his two finalists, Miami and Texas A&M, he's been several times. There's no stone unturned. He's went and sat down with the new coaching staff at Miami a couple of times. Had his official visit this weekend, and people around Shamar continue to tell 24-7 sports that the gap is closing. But I still think that A&M is the one to beat going into Wednesday's announcement. We'll see what happens over the next two days as these schools continue to recruit. Just because prospects aren't visiting campuses doesn't mean they're not Zooming with the likes of Jimbo Fisher and Mario Cristobal and, and Kirby Smart and Ryan Day and guys of that stature. So um, they're still recruiting happening over these last two days as we record here uh, early Monday
1: afternoon. We'll talk more with Steve Wilfong when we come back.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. The third top 10 prospect that is yet to come off the
1: board would be Devin Campbell. He's a five-star offensive lineman from the state of Texas. And, and the crystal ball does trend towards the Texas Longhorns who have put together a really good offensive line class. And Devin Campbell would be not only the cherry on top, but would obviously be the cornerstone of, of that group.
2: Yeah, man, top five class, best offensive line class in the country. If you add Devon DJ Campbell, it's for sure the best offensive line class in the country. It's kind of a pick with Notre Dame right now. If you land Campbell, he's the number one overall offensive lineman in the class. He's my favorite offensive lineman in the class. I think he's a sure thing to be a good player in college as long as he stays healthy. And I love Texas's position. I love the way Texas has recruited the trenches on both sides of the ball in this class. And and, uh, with some patience, this is the foundation to really build back Texas because we've seen Texas recruit at a high level at the skill positions before and certainly at quarterback. But the way they're building this thing from the line of scrimmage out This is a class on both sides of the ball that can really get Texas ripping and roaring. Just going to take some patience. These are going to be guys that are 18, 19 years old. Maybe some will play early, maybe some won't, but they'll all be taking taking some wounds here and there uh, in in their development. But this is the best I've seen Texas recruit in the trenches in a very long time. So I love the foundation. If they can add Devon DJ Campbell to it, what what a home run to end a, a really, really good class.
1: What do you think the message has been from Steve Tarkeesian to some of these players? Because we know that now in his back pocket, he has the future of the SEC, you know, to be able to pitch to recruits. Uh, He has a a roster that I think has been uh, seeing a lot of turnover, right, with the transfer portal, as we have seen with some of the elite top 10 programs in the country, those blue bloods that we traditionally consider to be big name college teams. Uh, Texas is one of those that I think just needs one cycle where they're able to kind of reshuffle Things get some new new players in there. They have a, a, a dynamic offensive weapon like a Bijan Robinson. So th- there's a lot there to sell. But when you talk to recruits, what have you heard? What's something that Steve Sarkeesian has been able to pitch?
2: Well, Texas is an attractive place for a lot of reasons. You know, it's in Austin. I think Steve Sarkeesian has led the charge for them on the trail as one of the more engaging head coach recruiters in the country. So when you have that, you have a competitive advantage over a lot of programs the Nil uh, Texas has a lot going for them in that regard as well with with uh, all the the jazz that surrounds the Texas football program and it's deep in history has a terrific fan base. There's a lot of reasons for a young man to want to play at Texas. Never mind the fact that it's also a good school, tradition rich alumni and and so Texas has always recruited well. This is a How can we change the culture at Texas? How can we get better at the line of scrimmage? How can we become a tougher, more physical football team? How can we be a team that can get a yard against Iowa State to clinch a win? I mean, that's where Texas has struggled. And I think this is a class that can change the reputation that Texas football had for so long, which has really been kind of a soft team.
1: Yeah, sometimes all you need is that one piece that, you know, kind of shifts the tide. Obviously, Quinn Ewers was a big pickup in the transfer portal. Devin Campbell could be a big pickup here on National Signing Day Wednesday, February 2nd. We are joined by the director of recruiting for 24-7 sports, Steve Wolfong. You can follow him on Twitter at S two four seven. Jacoby Matthews is a top twenty-four-seven safety. He's also set to announce his decision on Wednesday. What's the latest on, on Jacoby? I know you touched on him earlier, Steve.
2: Yeah, I think Florida's alive there. I think AM alive there, obviously was at LSU this weekend. He's one of the more interesting ones to track going into national signing day, because he's a young man that has had some clear cut favorites throughout his process. So it's been one where it's had some swings. Florida led early. AM and m definitely led coming out of the fall. You know, LSU trying to climb back into this thing after being committed to the Tigers at one point under the old staff. A lot of Louisiana ties on this Florida staff, uh, and, and it's an exciting opportunity to go to Gainesville, a place that he had a great official visit. Visit to and compete early and help Billy Napier and company have a resurgence uh, inside the swamp. And then AM, that relationship is still strong, still loves the Aggie, still loves the people there, the recruiting class. There's really not much changed with Texas AM other than their lead has disintegrated, you know, but they're still in the middle of it. And, and so that'll be an interesting one to follow. And then I'll give you a bonus nugget uh, as we wrap up. But Clemson, they're up to number 11 in the 24 7 sports recruiting standings. They took a lot of heat during the early signing. Period for having a fizzle of a close in mid-December. But they're hot right now. And they have a chance to land some key guys here at the end. You know, they're they're the 24-7 sports crystal ball favorite for Caden Story, a top 247 defensive lineman. But Caden Story did visit Florida over the weekend. Florida's had some success recruiting the state of Alabama. Will they hit again on, on, on Story? And, and uh TJ Dudley, a four-style linebacker at one point committed to Oregon, looks like a Clemson lead. So that gets them into the top 10 uh, as they also recruit against Georgia. Georgia for for Andrew Paul Georgia looking for a, a fun close with linebacker EJ Lightly top two four seven defensive lineman uh, Christian Miller those are a couple guys I like to ultimately land in this Georgia class that's in the top three Georgia could land Andrew Paul as well uh, there's a lot of smoke that they're trending but Clemson still fighting here at the end um, with CJ Spiller talking to Andrew Paul on Sunday evening so. Lots to follow, lots to keep up with on 24-7 sports going into Wednesday. And you can watch most of it unfold on CBS Sports HQ where many of the names we mentioned will announce their college decision Wednesday during our eight-hour program starting at nine and running through five.
1: Every other top 50 prospect in the composite has already come off the board, except for Josh Connerly, but don't expect him to announce a decision on Wednesday as he continues to drag through the process and check things out. And it sounds like he will be making a decision in the spring. So Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Like he mentioned, you could catch all the action over at CBS Sports HQ. Make sure you stay locked in at 247sports.com throughout the week for all the coverage on National Signing Day. For Steve Wilfong and our producer Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.